And this is Randy's number one Andy, assault rifle of comedy, got the tablet handy. Andy Klein, Mr. On Time, slinging punchlines from the cut, walk at a straight line. Then the thriller, Mr. Tim Miller, crowd killer, say hold up, he's probably not here, out trying to raise his daughter. So we'll just tune in to 3SPN, keep the sock puppet nation, let the party begin. Haywood, Pop Pop, Petey, Romaine, top of the list, JL Chadwick, the black eye who tips, might be waxing. Philosophical or talking bullshit Might be just trying to help you get a Nice pink young bitch You have an opinion Let's hear it, do it proper The world may suck, but I like it, I want you Facebook, email, tweet us Get out your closet if you're dropping our names Let's Now let's come together There's nothing else to say Let's start the show, Randolph Hit him with the Hey! Welcome to you Hope you're ready to get this Free What's up? Randolph Terrence. I'm Andy Klein. Petey Steele. And we have three guys on. That is Petey Steele. He is back. I am back. On vacation. The return. In Denver, Colorado. You get to we wear the Denver jacket, the Nuggets jacket. You know it. In Denver. It was absolutely beautiful out there. I hadn't been in many years. And, yeah. uh, you know, nature's a wonderful thing sometimes yeah man you sound like you maybe did some mushrooms and went out into the mountains <laughs> i did go out into the mountains <laughs> i did know i'm still happy to say i'm sober right after all these years um i toyed with the idea i won't lie to you i definitely was on that plane right to and fro thinking mm. but in the end you know it was enough of a revelatory thing uh yeah. in and of itself to be honest that sounds cliche but it was great to meet with the Greggs's long time yeah yeah listeners of this uh, podcast the, the Greggs's who are uh Denver people, Denver residents. Uh yeah. James and Pepper. Originally not from there. James is from Philly and Pepper's from kind of small town Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Like dead rural. They told me some wild stories about back then and going to her mother's recent funeral. Condolences to her. Right. Um to keep it short, I mean it's a very racist, backward <laughs> town. Um They need some they could use some mushrooms. But yeah, 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 I think they could. Um, but in uh, the scene is cool out there, but I got to say, I hadn't been around so much whiteness in <laughs> 25 some years. I don't think. Really? Yeah. It was creepy. I mean, like, listen, like I probably saw maybe like 10 black people the entire trip all the way up till Tuesday nights, including James Greggs. Right. And including like two black comics I met out on the scene. Until Tuesday when we went, me and my buddy went to the E-40 concert, and then it was like every black guy out of like Colorado <laughs> yeah. just rolled into. I imagine he doesn't that. have a large white draw, E-40. Uh, yeah, there were a few. A few, but more, it's not like going to see me. the roots. No, 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 yeah. nothing like it. I mean, the guys who go to that know all them words front and back and are yeah. just like they're passing skunk around and yeah. partying. It's it's like there's gang bangers and shit. It's like a it's a <laughs> wild 
Wild show. Does Great Denver show. have a large Latino population? You know, they say that, and when I was in Pueblo, Colorado, that I seem to remember a lot more of them. Like, to put it into perspective, when I was waiting for that E-40 show, oh yeah. my God, the Rockies and Cubs game got out just up the road from the <laughs> Summit Music Hall. I've never seen such a bigger patch of white lightning without <laughs> a pinch of diversity. Yeah, yeah in one setting it was spooky to me you know and the only like i was sitting around talking with like two other black guys that were running a barbecue stand trying to you know sell their stuff out to escalate they had a hitched on cooker they They were in an escalate yeah they had a fantastic (laughs) so grill and like entree plate for 20 bucks for ribs beef brisket pulled pork you get the whole sample they give you a coke some fucking potato salad did they put and, the bread underneath the meat uh yep 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 because yep. oh, the juice, die for. The juice yeah. goes into it the meat in. yeah. Yeah. Oh. so then they have an it's like most people get a food truck yeah these guys have a food escalate yeah with, with a hitched on like one of those like, like um a, like a flatbed circular tray like cooker yeah. things yeah, yeah like whatever. Smoker, the yeah. big ass ones and they just tow that up mm-hmm. to it, and then they just get they out. Just parked there. They had their permit, and then they're like, they were selling it too. They, I was like, yo, let me just get like a hot dog at first for five bucks, like maybe two. And they're like, oh, we're all out of hot dogs. And I was like, well, all right, then how about the ten dollar? And they're like, you know, for twenty, you get the entree plate and all that. And Upsell. Then yeah, they were like, okay. they looked at what I was wearing. Like, you here to see forty water? I was like, yeah. Like, oh, it's two, man. After we do this selling, you know. So I was like, <laughs> all right, then I'll respect the hustle. Give them the full twenty, and it was worth every dime. Yeah. Well, they got to pay for the Escalade. Mm-hmm, yeah. So you got to put that 20 down. Yeah, that ain't cheap. <laughs> Escalades are not cheap. Just the gas alone. Get, yeah. Towing <laughs> shit too. Like that, you know, it's got poor gas miles when you're not towing gotta a buy, smoker. Got to buy meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to buy all the meat. Charcoal. The scene, I mean, like, fixings. The, the comedy scene out there is cool. Um, there's definitely a lot of mics, and it's very organized in the sense that we sort of are in D.C. with, like, our website, you know, directing yeah. everybody where to go. It is so, so white, you know, and they were all telling me we never seen a white guy like me even, you know, out there oh, really? walking around. Okay. Like, nobody else had any Denver Nuggets shit on. Um <laughs> Why so, did you not wear no Denver Nuggets shit? You're well, because Denver. white people like baseball yeah. and hockey. Yeah, that's that's what they give a fuck about. It's baseball, it's the hockey team, and I guess, yeah, and the Broncos. The Broncos shit is yeah. everywhere. Yeah. That's a religion out there. But, like, you're, the thing with your, your Denver Nuggets jacket is the old logo. Yeah. It's the old school Nuggets jacket. Yo, how many people are like, yo, that's a fly old jacket. I'm like, yeah, you ain't got yours? Like, yeah. come on, you're in Denver. But that's more of a black thing. <laughs> To, yeah. to wear the colorful, that's a very colorful mm-hmm. jacket. It's nothing and also stoic. To, to do the throwback, which for a while was like the, a big style. The trend, right, like, you know, the Alex mid-2000s. English joint. So that's not something white people really, if they're wearing a Nuggets shirt or jacket, they're wearing just whatever they buy at, at the sporting goods store this mm-hmm. week. They're not like seeking out. It's not a statement. It's no. just a fashion statement. It's just, hey, it's my team. Never yeah. Nuggets. Yeah. You know, yeah, that, that's right. It's just a solidarity thing. Like yeah. we're on the same gang here. Yeah. Um, but uh, the restaurants were pretty good for the most part. Um, I, you know, but it's basically like you either learn how to make a breakfast burrito all hours of the day or grand closing, motherfucker. You're not keeping <laughs> your shop. Green chili is the thing. Um, right. And it's it is pretty glorious and it's cheap. Food is cheap. Rent relative to um 
of goods and services it was a lot higher there than yeah. it is like here everything's high yeah there it's mostly rent and people bitch about that that's how new york was i or all, queens was the rent was high but all the other stuff was cheaper than northern virginia yeah everything else is cheap but we're also in the one of the richest parts of the country so everything gets jacked up here you know i mean we should fucking do it talk to james do a show or something out there it'd be fantastic it's so clean the air is like Mm -hmm. amazing yeah we just need a venue yeah um somebody want to pay us some money shout out also to everyone who has bought vintage so far how are your sales doing you know, CD Baby doesn't. You don't. iTunes doesn't re- report sales. <laughs> what did you set your money? Your your payout. Ten at? bucks. Uh, but no, you don't get the, it right not away. Your payout. Oh, just ten dollars. Yeah. No, I I go. I get a payout every time my account hits ten bucks. Oh, okay. Um, but it, the sales numbers, even the money numbers, don't come in for a few weeks when it first comes out. So I don't know yet. But I do know that I have thirteen reviews on iTunes, and it's been kind of stuck on thirteen for a while. So if you have bought it and you haven't reviewed it. Hook me up. Give me a quick review on iTunes or Amazon, wherever. I don't know where else you can review. Google Play, CD Baby. Uh, Tanya went above and beyond. She reviewed it on all of those places. She oh, reviewed she it on CD Baby and Google Play and Amazon and iTunes, I think. But it does help if you review it and if you listen to it and you liked it. Hook that up. If you haven't listened to it yet, uh, you can buy vintage Everywhere you buy everything else and also stream it. If you want to just, you know. Uh, do we get any emails it. on it? Anybody send you an email about it? We got a couple emails. Uh, no, about the about Vintage. Yeah, we did oh, get good, one about good. Vintage. Um, I'll read that one right now. Uh, Jen. Hey. hey, hey Jen hey. sent us an email a couple weeks ago. A Cajun Sparkle. She says she puts Cajun Sparkle. She takes the skin off her chicken, which yeah. I can't. I can't really endorse that, but um, <laughs> but she puts the Cajun Sparkle replaces the goodness of the skin for her. This uh, this email is called is titled Andy CD is better than Cajun Sparkle. That's lofty praise. That's, uh, mm. Debatable, but there's only one way to find out. There's, you got to you got to try it. So she says, "Hi guys," and maybe a jar. No jars today. No jars. Uh, I bought Andy's album and I'm loving it. I may have put a on a webinar sign on my office door to listen uninterrupted. That's fine too. You know, get fired. It's fine. Uh, the robot joke still kills me. The first time I heard you tell it, I laughed like a crazy person and still do because she's seen me live. Mm-hmm. Uh, the image of those little hands trying to eat nuts. Anyway, congratulations on the album success. Looking forward to the next one already, Jen. Now, some people might not get those references because you haven't heard. You haven't heard the, the CD. Album. You got to buy the album to know what buy she's talking album. about. Uh, she's talking about uh, the best bit on the album, I think, which is called and the guns. What you do is while you're eating it. You put some Cajun Sparkle in your pan, yeah. and you eat it like fucking and you, fun you dip. You just put it in your finger, and you put it in yeah, your Yeah, you're like, well, what's better? You just do them both at the same time. What's you better? Like, you like fun dip. Yeah, and then you go rate it. And rate Cajun Sparkle while you're there at you it. There you go. Um, we got two other short emails. We can do uh, those real quick. Uh, Reese Cup sent us an email. She, the title, you know, she's always a few episodes behind. The title is ORC Cola. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Randolph, a great sock puppet. That would be Petey. Oh, yeah, yeah. About two years ago, my friend and I drove from Louisville to Nashville to see Gary Owen at Zany's Comedy Club. Gary Owen in mm. a comedy club. I know, I know that there's a that's, that's a three-hour drive. Anywho, we were ordering drinks, and I saw Dr. Pepper on the menu, so I assumed they had Pepsi products. So not true. No Pepsi or Coke, but RC Cola on tap. Woo! I was so disappointed as I thought they had stopped making that along with Diet Right. <laughs> <laughs> what about Tab? Uh, and she just thanks uh, Reese like Reese Cup. 
I I I haven't had RC in a long time, but I remember liking it. I liked it. Yeah, I don't remember RC it being bad was at all. Dope. Uh, if I if they had it, if I went to a place and they had it on tap, I'd I would just it. for the for the nostalgia, I'd get mm-hmm. RC Cola. Yeah, me too. Royal I like Crown. the artwork on those cans. Yeah, and we went over. To, we talked about Royal Crown mm-hmm. with Crown Royal. Yeah, yeah, that's what you do. And then the other email we got is from because uh, we weren't on last week. This is actually from last week, but it's from Derek. The title is CNN and W Kamal Bell. Hey guys, I had a question. Have any of you seen this episode on CNN? He was talking to Richard Spencer, the known racist. I didn't watch it, but I know I know what you're talking about. Yeah, during the interview, Kamal was laughing at what he was saying about the white nation. To me, it seems like Spencer was getting a f- affirmation from his laughter uh, that that what he was saying has been approved by black people because he was on CNN and talking to him. If any of you saw it, what's your perspective on it and him being a comedian? Keep up the good work. Um, I didn't see it either. I saw the commercials for it. Yeah, I saw those commercials too. I didn't choose to watch it. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, there's that argument that you're just giving this guy a platform mm-hmm. and it, some, it somehow validates his movement that you're putting him on. I don't know. I don't know if I'd go that far. I enjoyed that um, accidental courtesy thing on Netflix with Daryl Davis, the guy that goes to talk to like Klan members and white separatists and stuff, and he's convinced about 25 of them to kind of leave the fold and all that. Does he kill them with kindness? um, A little bit, but he also has really good thought-out arguments, and he's a student of a lot of history of civil rights and race in america and does he have an escalade with barbecue no but no. you know he's he would very, get like 50 60 yeah, then a bunch of <laughs> he's <laughs> very, how you end it. <laughs> very public he's actually a very good musician who's performed with a lot of greats from like sun records and stacks way back in the day he okay. does blues and he performs with rachel feinstein's father howard oh, okay, who's yeah, also he's another good musician good yeah, musician, yeah. yeah. so you know, he lives in Silver Spring. He's a guy I kind of want to track down. I I know where he lives. It's not like it's not public information. I mean, if you can get him, I'd like to talk to him on the podcast. Yeah, I yeah. think it'd be fantastic. <laughs> if, you get, if you can get him. Yeah. I'll get a hold of him somehow. I'd definitely like to do that. Um, also, but, I, but to- I don't think it, but, but, but I guess the, the Camel Bell thing, I don't think yeah. it necessarily just gives Richard Spencer a platform, so to speak. I mean, yeah, he's probably a lost cause, but yeah. if you can make him look like an ass on public television, that's not bad. Well, that's the, the thing because I'm generally against giving the platform mm-hmm. like you know I'm not necessarily ignore it and it'll go away but I'm just like ignore it because fuck sorry people we yeah. had a we had a slight uh, yeah we a little glitch slight, you missed two minutes of fire yeah <laughs> two minutes of fire but the, the we, thing were, about, we were all singing DNA by Kendrick yeah <laughs> I got I got I got we were all talking to, you missed it the thing about those shows and you know with the confirmation bias of the viewer and all that stuff, not necessarily feeling that he was eviscerated, even if he was. Sure. There's also this thing of like all encompassing with these shows. So Sanjay Gupta on CNN uh, did this thing about, no, it wasn't. It was, I think it was Reza Aslan, that, that guy who, Oh yeah. Religions around the world. The religion guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was this controversial thing where he went to this fringe religion in India, these, you know, these nutty, crazy kooks, whatever. I don't know mm-hmm. how they portray them, but he ate human brains because that's what they do. And it was like, you know, he was he was not sure if he wanted to do it. The guy seemed intimidating, so he actually ate a little piece of human brain. So he got punked. Yeah. Well, uh, if you watch the clip, he's like, I shouldn't have done that, you know. But, 
But they had to show every single religion around the world. Right. So, like, this W. Kamau Bell show, it's like, we're going to tackle race. So mm-hmm. do you really have to show every nook and cranny of, like, every extreme? Or can you just say, let's not put that guy on? You know? What is Richard Spencer going to say that's going to, I don't know, cha- change somebody's mind? Or, or uh, what is he going to say that's going to be viable? Well, what is he going to say? Nothing that I'm going to obviously agree with in substance, but or any of us for that matter, but I do think if he shows his ass a little more in detail, it, it can backfire. Like, you think about Milo going on fucking Bill Barr. And right. granted, that was a PR disaster for Bill Barr for his, you yeah. know, oh, that's reasonable, the transphobic comedy made, which is stupid, but... Milo was done after that whole thing. Right. I mean, that was mainstream forum, and it got to get people to say, hey, what the fuck? And, and some people came out of the closet on my like Facebook feed saying, you know, this is an example of like liberal pussies getting a... F-. And I was like, I'm done with you. You're an idiot. And But yeah. before I blocked them, I let them run on for a minute and clown them. <laughs> Other yeah, people yeah, can see it. them too. Well, yeah. You know what I'm so saying? So it does shine a light. Yeah, there are people who... Now you know something about them. If right. they if they post the clip of Richard Spencer and say he made some reasonable points, yeah, then you know because some of this fringe fuel, the fuel that um, accelerates some of these fringe groups is a sense of enemy or isolation, and people say, "All right, well, I'm just gonna stay with stupid beliefs because these people that are feeding these dumbass beliefs into my head." are giving me love, at least. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. So then they start to kind of ramp that shit up, and it becomes like a Remy in higher learning right. type of yeah. thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the thing. It's like, I don't know that it's necessarily the responsibility, I wouldn't call it the responsibility of anybody, but I do think it's good if you can take it upon yourself to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to school this motherfucker rather than let some other... Do what? Oh, I thought you were looking at like... No, 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 we didn't oh. no, no. I'm going to school this motherfucker rather than let some other crackpot get in their ear. Yeah, yeah I would say that... Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. Well, I'd, but I agree, I it's a tough question. I don't have the thought of... I don't like the thought of giving light to the views of a Richard Spencer because there's too many crazies that are going to take whatever he says and... Um, Hold it as gospel and hold it as hold it as the correct thing when it's clearly not. Right. Also, I have a problem with him getting punched. I've been talking about that on stage. I have a problem with a Nazi getting punched in the fucking face. I don't care. Me neither. Punch a Nazi. Well, some people got sympathy for him. Okay. You have sympathy for a Nazi getting punched in the face? Go with God. <laughs> uh, that's I'm fine. I don't need you. Um, yeah, I don't like the... I mean, before, like we were talking about that guy, Daryl Davis, yeah. who did the show... I mean, when I was younger, I would say that, oh, well, he's better than me for being able to do that. But I don't even think I believe that anymore. That's just what you choose to do. You do you, and that's good. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do it. You know, I'm not going to say you're better than me because you're wanting to go talk to these people. I wouldn't. I, fuck them. I don't need them. Right. I'm not. I'm piss on them. I don't give a fuck. I'm not, right. not going to try and fight through four or five hundred years of this horse shit. Yeah. Like, and, you see, did you see American Gods? No, I've not watched put up? that yet. Jesus Christ! I've heard it's clip phenomenal. Of Anisi. It's uh, Orlando Orlando Jones. How long is that? Because they only had the little clip in the article. That was his. That was his opening entrance. Basically, the show yeah. is all the gods from every religion 
are in America and they're brought to America by whatever group immigrates to America. Mm -hmm. So Anisi coming to America was brought here by um, slaves right. on slave ships. So his introduction to America was through slaves coming to America. And he, he told them, like, you'll overcome, just take, no. it, take your lashes. Oh, no. He didn't do that. That's not what he told them. <laughs> he told them, uh, let me tell you a story about a man who got fucked. And then he just told them what he told them what's going to happen to black people in this country. Right. hundred years, fucked. hundred years after that, fucked. hundred years after that, Fuck. So like you'll get your rewards in the afterlife if you no. don't raise your oh. <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Oh. It's just you black man in this country are fucked. That's the whole thing. <laughs> fucked, fucked, fucked. He's telling these people down in the down in the hold of the of the slave ship. But then like at least you have your health, count your blessings, that kind of thing. You're fucked. No. Okay. <laughs> it's all fucked. That's, that's a weird message. Then he told them, uh if I were you, I'd go up, they were the Dutch, I'd go up these stairs and I'd slit the throat of every, every Dutch motherfucker and I'd burn this ship down. Well, he's the God. And I mean, he should have that power. That's the thing is that the gods only, they only put you in positions to do certain things. Oh, they okay. don't, they don't not like, they're not going to do it for it's you. It's not like Greek mythology where the yeah. God just shows up like, hey, what's up? We haven't seen one of them yet. We yeah. have seen, we have seen like Russian gods. Okay. <laughs> old, old Slavic gods. We haven't yeah. seen one of them yet. Because the Greek gods, they just, they, be along. they just hang out like among people yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Just, hey, what's going well, on? Odin's yeah. there. Yeah, I'm Zeus. Yeah, you want me to fuck that guy up? I can do that. Odin is there right now um he just he told him you should you should uh go up there slit your throats and you should burn this burn this ship and then the guy goes but we'll die those fool you already dead you already dead, you yeah. already dead. so now <laughs> took the, slept took the chains off the dude's hand oh and then they wouldn't burn the ship <laughs> i was gonna say like i now i'm here i am trying to like write the show in my mind but did they juxtapose that with perhaps the, what the Dutch God is telling them? No. Above? No, that would have been good. I'd like to see like no. how the juxtaposition, because they're using their God to justify all that. Right, shit, right. Which they did for hundreds of years. Right, right, right. I, I wonder if there's if there could have been a scene where right, simultaneously right. Yeah. the Dutch guy who's doubting, like, should we be doing this? Yeah. Their God is like, yeah, this is you doing exactly what you're doing. You should you be doing the exact right thing. These guys are animals. <laughs> you, you know, know they, yeah. It says it in the book. They're yeah. cursed. Yeah, so. you're doing the exact right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I should have consulted me on the script. That's how Nisi. That's how Nisi came. The writing of that was so good. And Orlando John, they said the the crew gave him a standing ovation wow. after hmm. he finished the scene. This is the second season, though. First, first, well, the this second is the first, show. First, first season. show. Okay, good. On stars, I was worried. I was late. I thought I no. It's only second. two shows. Okay, there. Go good. back and watch the first good. one. Yeah, they're kind of awkward, but once you part of it is trying to figure out what what god these people are. But it's said in present day time. So what what God is this? When well, you hear him talking. Tight. Yeah. Yeah, like what God is this? Who who is this? So they model them after mainline religions or like cargo cults or both? Oh, uh, just mainline religions. Just like a jinn uh, like a jinn showed up. Okay. A Persian god. Oh, okay. So not just American, but nope. like okay. Wow. Uh, Odin was talking to a jinn, but he's not called Odin, his name is Mr. Wednesday. He's a dude from um from uh, John Wick, who ran the hotels, mm -hmm. that guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, uh, Jin, so that's J A I N J I N N J I N N. Or sometimes I think oh, it's oh, even, that's like a devil. I th yeah. yeah, I think it's like yeah. DJ. But are they? Well, J I N N. In the yeah, the gin and his sidekick and juice. Yeah, yeah it could also be D J I N N. I believe I've seen it spelled like that too. Yeah, a gin. And they're per they're Persian gods. Oh, like D apostrophe J I N N. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 
D, yeah, you like know. the D is silent. Yeah, the D is silent, <laughs> like Django. Oh, <laughs> it's good. It's good. There's a there's a black woman who's I can't even. You have to see it. I don't want to say it to you. Oh yes, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm gonna get it's it. A on black Amazon. woman who's what, a uh, what's on FX on Stars. Stars. Yeah, I think we have that at my house. Jin is. I just pulled up Wikipedia. Jin uh, also romanis, romanized as D J I N N. Yeah. Or anglicized as genies, G-E-N-I-E-S. Are sort of like genies, but not. <laughs> are supernatural creatures in early Arabian and later Islamic mythology and theology. An individual member of the jinn is known as a jinni, or a jinni with a D. They are mentioned frequently in the Quran and other Islamic texts. The Quran says the jinn were created from a smokeless and scorching fire, but are also physical in nature, being able to interact in a tactile manner with people and objects and likewise be acted upon. The jinn, humans, and angels make up the three known sapient creations of God. Like human beings, the jinn can be good, evil, or neutrally benevolent, and hence have free will like humans. The shaitan jinn are akin to demons in Christian tradition and are classified into three groups, and on and on and on. Yeah, so he was talking to um, Odin, whose name is Mr. Wednesday. He was talking to Odin, and he turned around, and he's a well-dressed Persian man, and his eyes were fire. Hmm. He put sunglasses on and walks in and walks by the smokeless, yeah, smokeless fire, ice. But you, they don't tell you that you kind of you kind of have to figure out. Oh, it's a gin. You have to kind of figure it out. He's something. I don't know yeah. what it is. I don't know what the Slavic dudes are. So it's a guy and and three sisters. One of the sisters is a comedian named Martha Kelly, who I knew in Austin. Okay. Well, I turn on a thing and I'm like, is that Martha Kelly? Because uh-huh. <laughs> you know? she was on that show with um, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, yeah. Martha. And I was like, God, when I first saw her on that, I was the same thing. I was like, is that Martha Kelly? I thought she had drank herself to death. <laughs> and, then, and then I heard her talking about it on, on Marin's podcast where she had cleaned up and, and was able to really get off liquor. Because I hadn't heard anything about her in years. I just Googled Slavic gods. How old is uh, she? A bunch of them. Uh, Martha, she's yeah. probably 40s. Mm. Here's a Slavic God's name. There's a few. I'm just going to go down the list. Daz Bog, Jarillo, yeah. Lada, Vesna, Morana, Perun, Rod. <laughs> From the Black Arrow too. There's a guy named Rod, <laughs> who is the birth giver. Uh, Rod. The one is, uh, uh, you know who Rod that is? Rod Marrow. That guy, <laughs> that guy is the uh, the dude that's been, the Russian guy who's in all the movies where he plays a Russian. And he was in, uh, uh, what's the one where Bruce Willis goes to destroy the asteroid in his face? Oh, the Armageddon thing? Armageddon. Yeah, yeah. The Russian, the Russian cosmonaut that they picked up. It's him. Did he play the Russian in the woods in The Sopranos? Yes, yes. He did? He ran off. Yeah, I, think, yeah, I, think, yeah. I, think, I think it's that dude. Really? Yeah. I think it's yeah. that dude. I think it's that dude. I washed my balls in ice water. That's he's, like, in the, he's in the second uh, John Wick. That Rod thing reminds me of those those <laughs> fighting games where you'd have like Haihachi and Yoshimitsu. Yeah. Ken. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, Samurai <laughs> Showdown. Yeah. Ryu. Yeah. Like, you would have Ken. all these exotic names, like Chun-Li. Yeah. And then fucking Ken. Yeah. It's always Ken for some reason. <laughs> Huarang versus Ken. Ken. Yeah. Is Ken an exotic... Is, is Huarang the Ken of that? that Even the Hulk, he was named Guile. <laughs> <laughs> Ken. Skippy versus Yoshimitsu. <laughs> Yeah, no, there was no happiness. That man, I watched it twice. Everybody that was commenting was like, "I watched it twice." I was like, "So did I." You watching? I was like, "I gotta watch this again." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. 
I'll show it to you. We finished. I'll show it to you. Um, you guys, want to, you guys want to bring in the JL interview? Yes. We're so we like we talked to uh, JL Kovan, uh legal counsel to the three guys on podcast. Oh, yeah. He's team. He's team Rob Mayer. He is team Rob Mayer. Yeah. We talked to him. Um, <laughs> he is performing in. Um, We're um, team Rob Mayer. St. Paul, Minnesota, this weekend, and we needed some. Uh, I wanted some legal counsel on. Um, the Comey firing. Yeah. So we we talked about that, which turned into a slight freewheeling conversation about Trump voters in general, as well as comedy. It all relates to Trump. Is you have anyone, to understand how every everything ties together now if you just right. look at it the right way. Has anyone made a Comey don't play that joke? <laughs> I thought of one. Okay. I didn't yeah. do it. I'm no. sure. It's, I'm yeah. sure it's it's definitely happening in a black club. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if he comes out and starts dropping bombs on. Yeah. Trump. yeah. Gonna, there's going to be a lot of Comey don't play that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, maybe that'll be on Vintage 2. Yeah, probably. Know. Maybe. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> that joke. On Vintage 2. Kobe don't play that. Yeah. Well, him just getting thrown out after he kind of protected Trump initially made me say it was Comeopathy. <laughs> <laughs> so here is uh, the three of us talking with J.L. Coban. He's not there. Hello, hello. J.L. Covan. I was, I was about to give up on you. Jean-Louis, don't give up on <laughs> us, baby. Don't give up on three guys on. We have, we've never given up on you. Don't give up on us. That's because I've given up on me. <laughs> I was going to say, I see a lot of that on social media. <laughs> yeah, you have... <laughs> You have kind of broken down. Don't break down, JL. Hang in, honey. You're going to be just fine. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is Mr. Jean-Louis, also known as JL Chauvin, uh, legal counsel to the Three Guys On podcast, uh, uh, Georgetown lawyer. Worst, worst, worst legal counsel money can't buy. That's true. That's true. Yep, yep. That's true. I'm getting what I'm paying for right now. <laughs> getting what I'm paying for. <laughs> Where are you at right now? I am in a suburb of St. Paul, Minnesota. What club are you at? Just jokes? Uh, joke joint. Joke joint. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's always a pleasure when you've had – this is my fourth time here, and Thursday night was the worst set I've ever had here. Even though the set wasn't bad, they were just – you know, I'm not much of a draw. There were, uh, there were 17 people Thursday. Of course. So it's basically like a bringer. Yeah. And uh, – they were a lot. They were very smiley and not very laughy. So all my jokes <laughs> seem to just get mild amusement. Isn't that usual for you, though? Mild amusement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was not Def Jam. Yeah, uh, for sure. courtroom laughter. Courtroom, <laughs> <laughs> courtroom laughter. Are you headlining? I'm sorry. Are you headlining now? I am. Yeah. That's no, good. I wouldn't. I, if I had the feature here, that would. Uh, you know. That's good, not though. That I begrudge the features here. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I mean, it wouldn't be worth it. To, yeah, would would it be would it be worth it? No. no. I mean, if I greyhound over four days, I could probably turn a profit. But yeah. Not that, <laughs> that yeah, yeah. You don't want to sit next to a prisoner for four days? No, you don't want to do that. <laughs> you don't do that. A prisoner with a a, a paper a, a big remember the big grocery store paper bags you can't even get anymore. Okay. But somehow prisoners have them on Greyhound buses. Yeah, it's all their stuff in there. <laughs> so I'm like, where'd you get that? And why has it got a chicken grease stain on it? 
Who else, who else is in the room there? Petey, Petey Steele, say hello. What's good, baby? Hey, Petey. And Andy Klein, of course. Yeah, what's up, man? Uh, team Mike Payne, I see. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, you have said how smart Mike Payne is. So, I mean, he knows what he's talking about. He does, he does. I just, I want to know if push comes to shove and he can only save one person, Rob Mayer or Andy Klein. Who's he saving? It's Andy That's Klein. I'll answer, I'll answer that. It's Andy Klein. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you asking questions about things you already know? <laughs> it's a waste of energy. You know that. He would step. If they were on a on a cliff, he would step on Rob's fingers. <laughs> but I think. While pulling up Andy. <laughs> but this is the real question. Uh, if Mike Payne had to save me or Rob, uh, he would save me, but he would think about it for a second. <laughs> If JL had to save me or Rob, there would be no question. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm a dead man. Yeah. yeah. JL would do that movie thing where you do the run and the dive and grab the arms. If they gave me an option to save, save both of you, I'd say, can I just say Rob and chill, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> That that's that's the closer right there. Yeah. That's the that's yeah. the closer to the end. That's the, the end of that bit. <laughs> and, that's, and that's why I'm headlining G hey. level club. Exactly. Ooh, ooh. That's why you're at the joke joint. Is it cold there? No, it's actually beautiful. It's been like seventy and sunny every day, which is when you when you're performing in one of these smaller town venues, weather really can affect turnouts. So they're like. When the weather's terrible, we do great business. So, yeah. like, business is in terrible because it's like everybody's outside drinking and yeah. doing something other yeah. than listening to depressing New Yorkers bitch looking, about looking for black people. To, looking for black people to hang. That they don't up there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every show has had some some small chocolate chip representation in the sugar cookie batter. Yeah. So. Yeah, a lot of white folks looking at you, wondering what you are. A lot of that. A lot of what? A lot of white folks looking at you, wondering what they are, wondering what you are. Look, a lot of that. Like, mm, what? Are, you're different. Well, you, the good, you look the good different. The good thing is, I think a lot of these people are these are these are Hillary and Bernie Midwestern folk. It's not not a lot of Trump folk coming out to the club, so they don't, they're not as bad. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's like a. I think that that blew eased, over. They've eased back now, and they're like, we can't go to the club anymore because he's fucking up so much. That if we go right. if we go out there, yeah. we're gonna fucking get it. Well, the Twin Cities have always been like a blue hub. Are they? Yeah, yeah. I went to school in Wisconsin. Both of them blue states. Now this time Wisconsin went red, but Minnesota remained blue, and the metropolis is just packed. I mean, you'll find crunchies out there. You'll find liberals like me. Yeah, but how many how many people of color live there though? Uh, not so many. There's more Hmong, I think, than there are black yeah. people. What are you? What have you been seeing? How many people of color are you seeing on an average? Jail, you, you know, for, I feel like fortunately the crowds have been small. Yeah, which has raised the percentage of black I, people. I bet you that would be part of the shows. Yeah. So it's been, you know, I'd say we're working, we're working at like fifteen to twenty percent. That's yeah, that's, that's about all minority. That's about that's normal. Asian, Latin, and yeah, black. That's everybody mixed together, though. Yeah, just non-whites. Right, I yeah. think we're, but I think we're, we're, we're actually missing. I'm probably losing out on just 30 extra white people to further dilute that. Yeah. <laughs> because, because of the nice weather. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, so, but yeah, it's uh, and I've seen a couple Somalians. They're very big here. Yeah, yeah. And by big, you mean presence, not physically. Yeah, no, no. They're very small. They still haven't gotten over their dietary habits very from the motherland. Sl- very <laughs> small and slight. <laughs> so let me yeah, ask Minnesota is generally one of the more, it's, a pretty, it's got a pretty good tradition of liberal, yeah. liberal politics. Paul yeah. Wellstone. I think that's that, I think that's that Viking uh, slant they got a little bit. A little bit of Viking. I don't know how that how that helps Impact the Vikings, it. but I'm going to say it anyway. It has something to do with the Vikings. And Nordics are pretty nice if you ever go to Sweden or yeah, yeah, not dicks at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's easy when you're pretty and white that to be nice, be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so let me. All right, so man, let me tell you why I called you the legal thing. I had I was watching um, Roland Martin on TV one uh, yesterday morning, and it was. Uh, Three of them, and and one of them was a a black Republican blowhard. One was a woman who was a lawyer. She felt that uh, Comey had a legal case against uh, the president. Legally, the president was wrong for firing uh, James Comey in the manner that he did, probably because he kept running his fucking mouth in that manner. Um the blowhard black guy was like, well, the president can do whatever he wants, basically. That was his whole defense. Right, that he serves, I assume, he phrase, serves at the will. Yes, that. Or at the pleasure, at the pleasure of the president. That phrase was said. That phrase was said. <laughs> and then he's, and then he said, you people don't even know what you're talking about. Y'all don't even know the law. And the woman was like, I'm a lawyer. I, don't, I know the law. You know, I'm I was I'm on the impression usually when it comes to something legal that a case can generally be made either way on solid ground. Right. Generally when it comes to something legal. Uh, but I was like, I wonder if that's the truth. So here we go, JL. In your uh expert uh Georgetown law degree. Let's <laughs> uh, not forget that Tiffany Trump is also going I to Georgetown. I saw Law. that. That must make <laughs> you the earning power, the that, earning power, and the reputation of my degree. That must, as if I didn't already degrade it myself. Right. Is, about, is about to plummet in value. I saw that. And you were the first person I thought of. I was like, I, that must make you so pleased. As an alumni, uh, J.L. Goodman. <laughs> as an alumni, Jesus Christ. Um. What do you do? You think there's any legal any legal ramifications to Trump? Does he have a legal leg to stand on in the manner that he fired uh, Comey? And no, would would I Comey mean, have a legal case to bring a, to bring back against the government for an un I don't know what the wrongful what the, termination wrongful termination if he want I don't think yeah, he want the job back again but a he's not going to do that yeah, obviously yeah. but b as far as I know. Um, and this is really just from reading, and this isn't necessarily like law school knowledge I'm throwing at you, but I don't think he has any case. I think the case is to be made is about Trump himself, not for James Comey's employment. What would, you know, your, because, what would your case be made against Trump if you were making a case against Trump? Oh, well, I mean, the fact that, you know, if they were to suggest that he was obstructing justice, okay, that oh, yeah, that's his good. reason for firing Comey was to impede an independent investigation. Now, do you feel and like which, do you feel which, like you'd be able to mount a credible 
uh, case built around that. I, I clearly believe that that's what the case is here. I mean, it's pretty fucking obvious. But do you think that well, you could be able to mount a credible defense? A, 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 I don't know. Is, am I looking for offense or defense? Prosecution. There we go. Uh, yeah, that's not offense. That's why whenever LeBron's playing well, I go, he's dominating the prosecution right now, but he's also doing well on defense. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. He, no, I think there's an easy case, because, mainly because just like how the judges that have banned or put a hold on Trump's immigration bans right, right. have basically said, well, not only can we kind of interpret this statute, but you're also all over press conferences going, we're going to ban Muslims. We're going to ban them. Right, right. Not gonna, like, So all you need, this man cannot control his mouth, his Twitter account. So basically, you just have to listen to him long enough, and he will incriminate himself and provide you enough circumstantial evidence for you to go, oh, yeah, I think he did fire Comey to stop the investigation. How do you know? Well, he says it. His press secretary says it. Right. His assistant press secretary said it. Right. So it seems pretty... You know what I mean? Like it's it's, but I think what Trump has exploited here is basically, and I say it stems from people taking horrific shits at the workplace. It stems from people putting their feet up on subway cars, bare yeah. feet on train and planes. Oh, the Trump voter, the average Trump voter, no longer cares about niceties, manners, dignity. It's results, and if you give me my result, I don't care who you have to kill lie to, steal from, cheat, do it. Because it's only the result that matters. And so, so Trump, they're saying, like, the institutions of government, he's undermining the media and their importance, and he's undermining checks and balances and separation of powers. These are all nonsense to his followers. They're basically going, is he denigrating immigrants? Is he <laughs> shitting on black people and Latinos? Does he treat women like shit? I'm a white man. Go Trump. Yeah, like, right. Those are the questions that, in their core, they're asking. They're not like, "Hey, what happens if if our if our separation of powers balance is tilted and, and done irreparable harm?" They, these people wouldn't have voted for him if they were at all scholars of American history or, or civic or government. So, like, the thing is that it's it's basically the divide now is like. The Republicans should be embarrassed, uh, but they're not. They have no shame. Have and the shame. Merrick Garland, the Merrick Garland thing to me, I still, I don't root for mass shootings. Of course, I think they're horrible. But if Merrick Garland went loaded up to the teeth with guns <laughs> into like the Senate and just went John Wick on the GOP, I'd be like, I see where he's coming from. <laughs> like Merrick Garland is like sixty-eight years old or sixty-two years old, whatever. He's, I think he's in his early sixties. This man is a brilliant legal scholar. He wept when Obama called him to nominate him for the Supreme Court. He is a widely respected judge. And I thought to myself, when I don't get an email reply from a bar show booker, yeah. I'm ready to kill someone. Right. And I've only been doing comedy and wasting my life for 14 years. Merrick Garland is almost a senior citizen, and he was like, I did it. I'm yeah. going to become a Supreme Court justice. Everybody thinks I deserve it. I've earned it. I'm a good man. Wait, what did Mitch McConnell say? I'm going to kill that motherfucker. Yeah, not, not only did he... Like, you, there's, a, there's a thing to be said of, not only did you do it, you did it the correct way that everybody told you that if you do things correctly in this country, that the rewards will come your way. And he did it the correct way. And he did everything the correct way. 
In the meantime, Neil Gorsuch over here just was standing there, I guess, or um, was willing to gut abortion rights. I guess that was the thing, whatever I got to do to gut abortion rights. He was willing to let a black man freeze to death. So, I mean, that's, that's got to get some points. As the Bossip headline said about Neil Gorsuch, Neil Gorsuch ready to gut a gut full of babies' rights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's where we're at. I agree with you 100% that, me, by the, the way. The Neil Gorsuch thing, the Neil Gorsuch thing and the, and the Merrick Garland thing, that to me, every time, you know, because the thing is, this, this is obviously not me, legal scholar talking, but me more just history reader. This reminds me almost of like the revolution where it was like the British would walk down the street in their coats in formation and the Americans would be in like trees shooting at them and they, the British would be like, that's not how you conduct proper war. Right, right. And right now, the Democrats are, the are in that phase of like, right. well, we, we have, like, when only one party is concerned with maintaining dignity and institutional importance, you're you're at a really bad imbalance, and it's like it's. I'm going to quote a movie, a, a classic film, The Last Action Hero. Uh, <laughs> the villain in that underrated Schwarzenegger vehicle says, "I like it here because in this world the bad guys can win." And it's like that's what I feel like the Republicans are working with. It's like, right. well, if we just if if we just don't play by these rules that are sort of voluntary, we can win. Who yeah. gives a fuck what happens 20 years from now, or 10 years from now, or 50 years from now? We can win. I mean, look at everything they do like between, you know, global climate change. It's, it's all a very, what's the profit margin now? Can we appeal to people's selfishness and immediate needs and interests, which are understandable sometimes. If a guy gets fired, he's going to be more susceptible to hearing about, like, economic plans that might favor him in the short term. But... At this point, the Republicans just don't seem to give a flying fuck about anything except winning in May of 2017. Like, yes. they're yeah. not looking at it. So they're like, can we win now? Good. Like, who? I, that's all I want to know. So let's, we're not going to impeach Trump. We're going to keep standing up to this guy that we have to know is a raving lunatic and a piece of shit. And this, to me, like, the fact is, nothing short of some sort of legitimate, and when I say legitimate felony, I mean nothing short of like a rape, a murder, uh, you know, helping an old yeah. black woman across the street, you know, <laughs> yeah. things that really offend upset them. Republicans. <laughs> Only that will basically get them to move, it seems. Yeah. And the man is insane. And so as far as instruction of justice, I think that if you had, because I just finished a book uh, about uh, the, the 60s, uh, um, the Watergate and stuff, and it, it's called Nixon Land. Oh, yeah, I'm reading it, it now. It's fantastic. Oh, it's amazing. It's fucking amazing. I'm on the third one now, because I actually reread that. I read it a few years ago. I'm on the third one, which is The Rise of Reagan. But it's, you're reading it, and it was like the Republicans were kind of on Nixon's side for a little bit. And then by this point, they were like only the most hardcore were still standing by him. Everybody else was like, this looks really fucking terrible, and we got to... We, we got to do something. Well, this book, this book I've been reading on tyranny, that's one of the big, he gives 20, 20 lessons from tyrants through the years. And that's one of the big things is that the government, the 
the government, the governmental checks and balances will just begin to roll over. They will just begin to yep. roll over, and they'll be able to roll over because the the group that is supposed to be in opposition will allow the rolling over to happen by trying to stay inside of established norms, rather than saying yep. this shit is not normal. So we're going to we're now going to now I have to act in an un, in an, un, in an unnatural manner. When I teach self defense to somebody, I tell people all the time: there's no such thing as a fair fight. Get that out of your head. That's bullshit. That's drilled into you. That's not real. That's not a real thing. There's just a fight. Is it's that, just a fight. Is that right before you tell them to go ahead and kick people in the balls? I tell people kick people in the balls all the time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> kick them yeah. in the balls. Yeah. Kick them in the balls, but don't expect the ball kicking to hit to work that well. So hit them in the throat, mm-hmm. gouge them in the eyes, do whatever you have to do. You know, And, and the Democrats point, don't do I that. Well, I feel like what makes this even worse is that at this point, Democrats have already been kicked in the balls right. and eye gouged, right. and are still saying, you know, that is not how a gentleman's fight. Right, right. That's not a gentleman's fight like this. Well, I'm not a gentleman. It reminds me of the the scene from the first season of Game of Thrones when a Braun th- uh, slit that I dude's throat. Sh- I said that to my girlfriend. Did you say, yeah, it's the same shit. With yeah. no honor. You fight. But he did. He did. <laughs> and the motherfucker's dead <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, that he shit. did. That was it. In a, yes, yeah. perfect. Yeah, perfect and that's, analogy. it's the same, yeah, it's the same thing. It's like, he did. There's no, there's no, you bring no honor to yourself by, you want to bring me some honor, win the fight. <laughs> right, Obama, and, and, and my this is the one critique I always had of Obama from the start and why I was tempted to vote for Hillary in 2008, even though I voted for Obama, is that, when and the, re, the big reason I voted for in 2016 over Bernie was that I said, Hillary Clinton makes no mistake of who she's going up against. Yeah, she'll fight. Mm-hmm. She knows these people. Have, like So she would have gone out with the knowledge and experience to get things done, at least the best she could with a Republican Congress. But also, no illusions. I think Obama, understandably, believed in 08 he had a big mandate. He was hugely popular. He won a, a huge uh, popular and electoral win. And I think he used all that capital on health care. I think it was worthwhile. But I think he thought, well, they're going to work with me because, come on, this is America, and you've got to know I won a huge victory. And they went in and said, fuck, no. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think he kind of thought he could work with them until very late. And somebody said he should have made, and I don't know the exact way this would have been done, but that there was a way for him to make Merrick Garland a recess appointment to the Supreme Court. Now, it would have only lasted a year, and then the next president would be able to appoint someone new. But, like, I think Obama, knowing this, is, I, I really think that Obama is such a measured kind of long thinker that he says, I'm the first black president. I can't get angry. Yeah. I can't get down in the dirt. Well, I can't play the same way that other politicians play because a, I am, like it or not, a historical figure. Yeah, of, as, of a, of- as a black man, moving who has moved in corporate America, and I can only imagine the pressures that, that Obama has felt, you you learn to to not flex a lot. You cannot you cannot, so you learn to capitulate a lot, to be the nice guy a lot, to be the understanding person a lot. And it, and it carried on. Remember when he said that the police acted stupidly when they drug Skip Gates out of his house? Okay, well, you yeah. know what? The police did act stupidly when they drug Skip Gates out of his house. And what he should have said was... 
Right. Yeah. What he should have said was, and when he said Trayvon Martin, uh, my son would like look my like Trayvon Martin. Right. That that was race baiting. That was race -baiting. inflammatory and race baiting, which was like. <sighs> That, I mean, this is way off topic, obviously, but this basically all... No, 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 because it all goes together. To... It all goes together. Yeah. That's the, that's the, the I, big I thing. Just... Even like you were saying about the people taking the shoes off. Man, I was at Magoobie's last weekend. I saw a woman in the hallway scratching her back on the wall. <laughs> you know that hallway. You know that hallway going into the green room, yeah. <laughs> where you walk by the by the bar. She was scratching her back on the wall as I'm walking to go into the green room, and her husband was standing right there, like cheering her on, like "Get it, baby, get it." I'm like, "Why don't you just scratch her back, you fucking animals? What what the fuck?" <laughs> you know. So yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm like, it's just a breakdown of. But the big picture would be if Obama nominates Garland, he could be hurting Hillary's chances to win. So everyone assumes Hillary's going to win. Yeah. So Garland will take care of itself. Yeah, and I was going to say that. He didn't want to undermine that the Democratic campaign. I was going to say that. Don't ever forget that all of us thought that Hillary Clinton was going to win. Yes. All of us, right. including and, and Republicans. We all thought there's no right. possible way that this man is going to win. And, and I think the lesson from that that's good maybe for Democrats is don't, and I'm not putting this at the blame of Hillary, but I think there were a lot of people who stayed home or voted for Jill Stein because, or voted for Gary Johnson because they thought, well, I can have my cake and eat it too. I right. can vote for someone else and then complain for four yeah, years right. about Hillary saying, right. I didn't vote for her. Right, right, right. I agree with that. I agree with that. That's a big. That's a big part of it. Is that these these fuck these fuck. You know how mad. You know how mad I've been. Particularly when Jeff Sessions says he's going to bring back mandatory sentencing now. You know how fucking infuriating. Right. You see my Facebook feed. You know how fucking infuriating <laughs> I am at fucking liberals. I know. I have, I more have than a joke else? that I've written. So if you ever have a roast, I've already written one joke. I ran by <laughs> Rob Mayer, and I said, <laughs> I said there is woke. And then there's Randolph, which is what I like to call insomniac. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Dude, I stay I stay mad. I stay mad. I talk about what my therapist but you know what my therapist says? Oh, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Because she's scared. <laughs> she better be scared, little white woman. <laughs> I just think I think the only the only downside I think to Obama's presidency in terms of going forward was that I'm one of those people who says just some Democrats. And I have a friend who sometimes says to me that he agrees, but thinks he agrees on the issues, but thinks Democrats, if they will win elections, need to put kind of identity politics to the side. Uh, that's easy. And, is your friend is white, right? He is. Yeah. And but he's I understand what he's saying in terms of but what what bothers me about that obviously I'm sure about you is like in a way, maybe you're right. Maybe Bernie Sanders I'm not guaranteeing Bernie Sanders wins. I think that's people are making too much assumptions that a Jewish socialist yeah, would so not have I equally gotten way. hammered on different issues from Trump. But I just think that even if you're right, even if this country would be more comfortable electing liberal policies, but from somebody who's not making us feel as uncomfortable about people being left out of, for certain reasons, you have to look at yourself and say, what the fuck is wrong with this country that we have to lie to people to get them to pick the right side? Like, hey, you know, we know there's a lot of racial issues in this country, 
and discrimination on the basis of gender, orientation, and race. But don't worry. We're going to pretend like it's not happening so that you side with us. And it's like, why the fuck would I want somebody on my side who needs to be lied to because they have their own resentments and prejudices? Why, like... It, so it's a, it's a catch-22. It's like maybe if we lied and elected somebody who wasn't talking about Black Lives Matter or, or racial issues, then maybe we'd have somebody different than Trump. But then you have to wonder, but why? That may be better in one respect, obviously in a very practical respect. But what does that say about this country that's like, yeah, we're still not ready to face some of this stuff, so at least we'll just lie to keep some of the quote-unquote white working class on our team. Well, I'll tell you what it says. It says that Randolph's insomnia is not going away. <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> Randolph's going to stay up a little while and try to watch this Netflix. <laughs> Can't seem to go to sleep. <laughs> you know, but I agree with that. That's liberals. That's that's liberals. That whole thing of let's reach out to these people. Why the fuck would I reach out to some fucking racist douchebag in the middle of the country. You think I'm letting my kid be around that motherfucker? No way. No. And and the, and the follow-up to that is, of course, look at how Trump's base, his base is not really budging. It's in that 35% range. Right. Those are the people that I believe we should write off. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Just, I'm fucking, I'm like, fuck you. I'm done with you. I don't need you. Go away. <laughs> Go. Like, your issues, like, if you can, if you're standing by Trump now, you have that right as an American. Go cast your vote. You no longer have. You either lack. It's it's like Pacino. It's like De Niro said in Casino when the guy fucked up the slot machine and it fucked up twice. <laughs> you're said, incompetent. You're either too, you're either too stupid or you're in on it. But either way, I can't have you I around have you here. Around. Yeah, so right. not, not every voter, not every voter for Trump is a wild racist. But some of them are super ignorant or super dumb. And either way, the end result is the same. Well, here's like you're, willing to, yeah, you're it, willing to like play Russian roulette with this country's institutions, with its people, it, because you like kind of are dumb enough to fall for some sort of like huckster. Yeah, well, here's what I say is, not a, no, not every, not every voter is racist who voted for Donald Trump, but all of them don't care that someone's right. racist. Either way, I can't. I I can't tolerate either one of them. Yeah. So I, I can't just, deal with people so stupid that they can't even spell when they respond to my tweets correctly. And this is a growing thing. I just read an article about this: how Trump supporters via social media have the most erroneous, atrocious fucking spelling ever. And I'm like, you have racial resentment, and you probably couldn't have passed the old literacy test that black people had to take <laughs> to fucking earn the right to vote. <laughs> it's insane. All right, can I make can I make one analogy to stand up comedy about Trump voters? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a comic who I I like, and I, I'm not trying to I'm not going to name them to blow up their spot, but let's just say it's a very successful comic who's had Comedy Central specials, big time exposure, really big time comic, and I heard them on a podcast discussing how their the show their own, you know, show that they're shopping around Hollywood is not getting picked up by any networks. And the person suggested that maybe if they were a person of color, their show would have a better shot. And I thought to myself, I was like, that that is such a great microcosm. Because I've always said, and me and Mike Payne, uh, hashtag Team Mike Payne. (laughs) Hashtag Team Payne. Hashtag Team Payne. Have said, have said, 
that the comedy reminds me so much of the Republican Party. Right. It's, it's in terms of just the way they, the, the way people approach kind of, as, as Mike Payne said, when it comes to politics outside of comedy, comedians, you know, sound like Karl Marx. But when it comes to politics within comedy, they turn into Paul Ryan. Right. And this person, are you kidding? Like how, how, like, in your own world are you that you are literally kicking ass in the comedy business? But as soon as one thing that you have doesn't get picked up, you are looking to blame it on some sort of progressive bullshit. Right. And I, right. th- and I thought that's so America because it's not just broke people that voted for Donald Trump or racist, but it's right. people who are also very quick to sort of, you know, not look at their own merit or lack thereof on a certain issue and immediately say, well, I'd be doing this if not for the women, the blacks, the gays. And then right. they, they decry people who have a victim mentality. Exactly, and I thought it made me so mad. Do you see? Do you see now why Mike Payne would jump at (laughs) Brandy Klein? Do you see now? Have you heard my album, Jay? That's the same. That's the same thing, there. Do you see? (laughs) 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 You're both right, though. You're both 100. percent You know, they're the first ones to have the victim mentality, or the first ones to. But it's never. It's never like. It's never a victim mentality when it's them. When it's them, it's right. Right. When yeah. it's someone else, it's playing race card. It's race baiting. It's I never owned any slaves. Right. And I just it's and and that's one of those things that when they talk about working class Americans, I really don't think I really don't think. And I'm, I'm sorry to play into into insomnia here, but I think when you talk to the average American, and when I say average American, I'm talking the generic 52-year-old white guy from the Midwest uh, with, like, a beard and, you know, voted Republican, you know, five out of the last six elections or something. Um, I don't think when, if you ask them to, like, identify an American, I feel like it would be somebody that looks like them. Exactly. And then you you have to remind them that, oh, the black guy, right, he's an American, too, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. Or the, the Latin guy, oh, well, yeah, yeah, he's American. Is he American? Okay, well, I'd have to know. But, I, you know, like, in other words, there'd be this, is he an immigrant? Oh, okay, he's an immigrant. And you wouldn't ask the white guy, is he an immigrant? Right. You'd be like, that's an American. But they don't get the, and but they, they, they this kind of even though they're Americans, they don't, like, get the, they don't get the capital A. They get the little A. Only right. the white man gets the capital A. That's if you're even calling them American. <laughs> you know, that's if you're even calling them American. You and know. they don't get to complain. Yeah, and you don't get to complain. And, and Love it or leave it. I agree. I agree 100%. Do you remember early on, and you will remember definitely, remember early on when Kings of Comedy first came out, the, the vitriol that white comedians, white liberal comedians threw at those four, those four gentlemen? How dare they? Remember that? How dare they call themselves the kings of comedy? All they do is stand on stage and talk about white people. How dare they? How dare they? How dare they? Remember that? I'd and, be lying if I said I did, but I was very new into comedy. Yeah, oh, I, I was, remember enjoying it. Yeah, at that time, I was living in Austin, and uh, you would hear that a lot from like liberal white liberal white comics. But but right. after it became because people forget, kings of comedy started off as a small thing. And it just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. As it became successful, 
everybody tried to copy the everybody tried to copy it. Everybody but then there was also the um, was doing it. A lot of and people. And then the blue collar comedy tour. They were like, that's, "We're yeah. not that's arrogant royal. That's where it came from. We're not arrogant royal black men. We're just blue collar Americans." <laughs> right. That's where it came from. That was a backlash tour, huh? Right. That's just where it came the, from. That's interesting. The movement too of just naming your thing the blank of comedy, the, right? The comedians of comedy, <laughs> the whatever. It was kind of a little ironic shot at the kings of comedy. It's like we're comedians. Right. You know, we're actually they're up there just saying black people do this, white people do that. Yeah. You know, we have a we're we're gonna make fun of that. Yeah. The, yeah, the the vitriol that white comedians will throw the the throw shade and it's 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 that subtle backhanded vitriol that they like to do. White liberal comedians love to do that. But I, you know what what else when it comes to this, since we're talking comedy and kind of because I, I want my dream is to write a book basically about comedy, but that make you know why I think, you know, in almost a Ken Burns spirit, comedy is the ultimate art, like American art form, not only in the good ways, but in the bad ways of capitalism, racism, like all these different things are so, such microcosms of America. But when I, when I hear comics, it's the same thing as like, how can we be racist? We had a black president, we've got Oprah, we've got Michael Jordan, we've got Jay-Z. So how can we be racist? As if, Exceptional people don't always rise up. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. about does the does the A plus student get to go to grad school? No, it's like if do all the B students go, yeah. or do some B students get left behind for other reasons? And when I hear people talk about like, hey, comedy, you got Chappelle, you got Rock, big deal. But as soon as it gets to their level, that comic who got a TV show, and I'm I'm talking about this podcast I heard. Um, and it wasn't some big race discussion, but I was just reading between the lines. I was being a little insomniac myself. Yeah, I mean, it happens. Uh, Sometimes you got to stay but up. It was, but it was like when you heard, it was like, oh, that guy got a show because, you know, for, you know they're looking for diversity. Diversity. But, you know, yeah, no, no. Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, they're great. So what's the problem? But if this guy gets one over me, and that's not because of talent or it's not because I have a manager and an agent and a PR team. I'm getting it because I'm really hilarious. Yeah. But that guy, they're pushing like other angles. And I look at, if you look at comedy clubs, and DC is a great example, but if you look at comedy clubs around this country, and I said this on the podcast months ago, here's the thing. Comedy clubs are removed from the industry in a certain respect. They care about ticket sales. They're mm. like, they're, yeah, you, you'll get to book the club if you have a powerful agent who can leverage their other clients, or if you're in movies, or if you're, if you're a really up-and-coming person. But a lot of the acts now headlining, if you look at a lot of clubs, from Ohio all the way to the East Coast, I'll look at the rosters, and it's a majority black, black headliners. Yeah. And because they are now bringing in, they have fan bases, and they're bringing in asses, and they're not all household name guys. Right, right. Some are, some aren't. But it's like, I look at that and go... Now the question, rather than ask, hey, why is this black guy getting a TV show and I'm not? The question is, well, at the grassroots level, you ask, and I've heard Allison at the DC Improv talk about this briefly, just in passing. I heard another um, a manager at an East Coast A-list club talking about and say, well, black guys are just bringing in, they're selling more tickets, so we're bringing more in. The question should be, which nobody would ask, Hey, at the grassroots level, there are so many black comics, and a lot of these people are veterans. You know, some are 10, 12 years, but some are like yeah, 15, 25, 20, yeah. 25 year 20, people 25 putting years. the time. I think the question, what nobody asks, 
well, why aren't more of them getting TV deals? It's at the grassroots level, they're headlining and selling out. Where are their development deals? While the MTV kids who can't sell tickets yet are jumping the line and getting development deals when they they still can't sell out rooms. Yeah, why why doesn't Bruce Bruce have a deal? Nobody would ask that question. The question would be, well, I'm killing it, ignoring the fact that I have a PR team, an agent, a rep, and that they're papering the rooms, but I'm killing it, but I'm not getting a show. Because Latin guy has to get a show because, you know, diversity. Yeah. And it's like, maybe you jumped the fucking line yeah. from the guy who's been headlining for 15 years for already. Maybe for 15, you 25 on. years. Earthquake ain't got no show. Bruce Bruce ain't got no show. <laughs> right. Know? And wow. I'm not saying they have great shows, but it's like, you, you and maybe they don't want, maybe they did, maybe they, who knows? But it's like, when I hear it, there's never that flip side of it. There's always a very narrow-minded, well, I'm great. And I say this all the time, but I'm not, I'm not anywhere close to where I want to be. I just know that I'm ready whenever that time comes. Right. But when I hear these guys, it reminds me so much of, like, you know, uh, an upper-middle-class white person saying, all the president cares about are blacks and gays. Right. Right. Like, why is your is your life not going well? Yeah. Oh, it is. And what the fuck? What is the fuck is your, you? Yeah. What the fuck is your problem? Because I want to and be I, seen. I want to be seen as the priority. Comedy. Well, yeah. the comedy thing. Comedy is my my world. But I see it as such a personal example of what I see just in general in America. I just it's more personal to me because like I I can't, I have no time for some comic who's making six figures and blowing up kind of talking shit about like opportunities not coming his way or her way. Yeah. Well, you see that at like, even on the lower level when you have a, like a show with like eight comics on it and someone will go up, you know, like it's a bunch of white dudes on the show and someone will go on stage or just say in the back, man, this show's a bunch of white guys. But they didn't give up right. their spot. They took yeah. the spot. Like they want someone else to lose the spot for right. women or minorities, but they're not going to say, take me off the show. Yeah, you no, and, re- and let me just be clear to my fans who may listen to this. This in no way is, is my endorsement of female comics. That's a whole <laughs> bag of shit that I don't endorse. That's, please, I'm just talking on race, okay, and, and orientation. But no, no, women, you, you wait. You wait your turn. <laughs> It's all hypothetical. Men, men are talking here, ladies. Okay. <laughs> the views of J- the views of Jo Pog of Jo Cobana are in no way indicative of the thoughts of the three guys on podcast. You should just, you should just get Chris Lambert to record that as a drop, so she says like four times per appearance on my show. <laughs> No, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same if you didn't say that. I think we're going to wrap you up on that. <laughs> All right, cool. But, oh. yeah, uh, to sum up the, 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 the first question I was asked, he already should have action taken against him. And I just think that the Republican Party, is the people in power in the Republican Party are basically showing that immediate successes are more important. They don't want to lose the Trump base because they know that if Pence becomes president, their agenda will probably be even smoother Yeah, because he won't be such a controversial idiot. He'll just be very, very Republican and conservative in the policies he next. But they don't want to lose because they should have lost the Electoral College. But they realize that Trump brought out this huge... Racist. Like, you know, the, the, the hills have eyes, people, crawled right. out of their caves <laughs> right. and vote for him. And they don't want to lose them because if they lose them, 
then they really are done in terms of the Electoral College. So they now have this new vibrant hate base that Trump brought out. So they, if they impeach Trump or move along, they're going to lose those people. So they're just trying to basically, you know, I don't know what the word, the, word, the, the, the analogy is, you know, put a leash on a tiger, some bullshit like that. But they're, they're just trying to, like, maintain this for at least three more years so that it's not on them like, when no he way. gets bounced there's from no, office. There's no way they can do it. Keep three the years? swamp. <laughs> there's no way they can do it. There's no way. Oh, they can't, but they're, they're clearly trying because it's already past the point. Hillary Clinton would have already, and I'm not, I'm not saying this sarcastically or exaggerating, she would already be on her way out of office if she had had half of what right. he had. Right, mm. right. So would anybody else. <laughs> so as there's no... There's no way. I like that Hills Have Eyes people. I just call them the racist. I like that Hills Have Eyes because it's, it's the truth. Those people, all these little all these little numbers that he won by, this 30,000 this 30, people here, 70,000 people here, it's those people. Those mm-hmm. people don't vote. They've never voted. You're right. They're too busy fucking, well, their, fucking their daughters and their sisters. Yeah, they're going to be full of shit and yeah, a bad businessman. I heard a guy say that just the other day about him firing Comey. Well... You know, you're a businessman, and when you're a businessman, you fire you fire people who are incompetent. He's acting like a businessman. I'm like, do you do you really think that that's what that is, you idiot? Do you think you believe that? You fucking believe <laughs> that? I'm going to be up tonight now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Said in his first rap album, I'm not a businessman. I'm yeah. an asshole, man. Yeah. yeah, that's all it is. I'm a racist, and those racists came out of the woodwork and. And uh, like I said, those people don't care that there's racists. Stand sitting right next to them. Don't bother them. Don't bother. And a little bit of sexist. I will. I, I got a lot of a lot of a lot of bit of a lot of bit of sexist. Yeah. But here's the thing about racism and sexism: they tend to go hand in hand. If you're willing oh, sure. to fuck with they're one, like, you're willing to fuck with one ism. You're willing to fuck with all of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're the Malone and Stockton of the patriarchy. Right, right. right. <laughs> you set that hard pick. I'm coming around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, man. For. Uh, for doing this for Absolutely. us. We always Thanks appreciate you. Me. I believe we're going to be able to pull this off next weekend. I'll let you know uh, shortly. Okay, like I said, I'm around all day Sunday yeah, next man. week if you do. Yeah, I believe we're going to be able to pull that. this off. All right, brother? Cool. Thanks so right. much. Enjoy, enjoy that crowd, brother. All right. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Bye, Take care. Take care. All right, y'all. Uh, come on back on Thursday. We're going to start talking about Steve Harvey. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I want to thank J.L. Kovan one more time for sitting in with us. We always have a great time with him, and hopefully you'll be hearing him next week on the podcast. Hashtag Team Pain. If we can make everything work out. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and uh, come on Thursday. We're here for you. Uh, and this one's not behind the paywall yet, so you better come get it. Yeah. I'm Randolph Terrence. I'm Amy Klein. Please do. Hey, we have three guys on. We are out.